0: You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Mountain City Church. In this series, Grace, we explore the undeserved gifts that God gives us for His glory and our good. i want to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Hebrews 4. We're going to be looking at 14 through 16 today. Hebrews four, fourteen through 16. Today we actually begin a series on the, on the topic of grace. I was thinking through what we should do coming off of our, our Genesis, time in Genesis, and I know that in Genesis we, uh, we, we spent a good bit of time um, kind of pulling off the scab of our sin, so to speak, as, as um, we just consistently saw how sin uh, kept on coming up, and, and we also saw God's grace in that. Um, thankfully. But I, I, I wanted to uh, just to reiterate, just to drill home that that uh, how much grace God has poured out on us. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to be um, looking at the topic of, of grace. We're going to look at what it is. And, and today's topic, um, what we're going to look at today is, is his abundant grace. Um, and it is abundant grace that he has lavished um, upon us. We're also going to look at Something, an idea I introduced, I know several weeks back, and um, we will introduce that again and talk about it some more. And that's the idea of future grace um, and uh, how we can walk in that future grace and how it is waiting for us each and every day um, to walk into, and what that means for us as a Christian and one who is walking with God. I mean, grace is, is something that we sing about a lot, right? We, we talk about it. We preach about it. There's really no other topic that we usually do discuss more than grace, thankfully, because of what Christ has done for us. I mean, truly what it means to be a Christian is that one has been captivated, confronted, overwhelmed by God's grace. I think in, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount... He talks about being poor in spirit. And to me, that's being overwhelmed by grace. Yes, you are seeing just how sinful you are. That's meaning. That's what it means to be poor in spirit, to be a beggar, so to speak. But that's also his grace. Because not until then, not until we see how desperate we are, will we ever turn to him? Will we ever seek after him? And yes, this is all of His doing through the Spirit. Although grace is very familiar, we still need to grow in our understanding of it and how to apply it in our everyday life. We need grace. Not just the grace that was sent when we heard the gospel, but every minute of every day as we fight the good fight of our sanctification, as Paul would say. So Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 gives us a glimpse of this abundant grace so if you are there with me let me read that and pray and then we'll dive in verse 14 says this since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus the Son of God let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Let's pray. Father, we just ask for your help today, Lord. Father, for your spirit to work. We know that your word is the sword of the spirit, Lord, and we know that you are working in the lives of those that you have called to yourself. And Lord, I just pray today that you would use me to remind them of the wonderful grace that you have poured out on them. And Lord, the grace giver, that we may see him for who he truly is and, and all that he has done and, and how we may access that as, as your children. Father, we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So basically, I just want to look at this passage and ask three questions. And we'll just answer those three questions, try to make it as simple as that. So the first question that I want to ask is this. Is this, what do you think you need? What do you think you need? I mean, that's a a question that is always answered by so many people around us, right? It's, it's answered for us in, in so many ways. Um, but it's an interesting question. What do you think you need? Now we know that we are needy, we can't deny that. We can't put people in different categories and oh, that's a needy person, because we're all needy. I don't have to prove that, we can just observe that, right? I mean, we all need air. We all need food. We all need water. We all need relationships. Some of us need more relationships. Some of us need less relationships. But we have seen in in many cases what happens when we have no relationship. We take a soccer ball and turn it into a a person because we are designed and built for relationships. That's what God has designed us for. So I don't have to prove that we're needy people and we don't need to put people in categories that they're all, that's a needy person. We are all needy people. So again, let me ask the question, what do you think you need? See, our our culture all around us tells us. In fact, it disciples us about what we need. See, brother and sister, today the question is not whether or not you'll be a disciple or not a disciple. It's who or will you be a disciple of? Are you a disciple of Jesus, or are you a disciple of the world? And if you're a disciple of the world, the Bible tells us, the Bible tells me, that the world is controlled by Satan. So there's one of two ways to go. That's just what the Word of God says. So you are being discipled. It's whether or not you are being discipled by Jesus, those who follow Jesus, or are you being discipled by Satan and those that follow him and and. We can call that the world around us. And I, I know that, that I'm saying that, and some of you are, are just don't even believe that. That's fine. In fact, after we get done doing the Grace series, we're going to explore some of these things that, that I, I just think even in my life, I find that I really just don't believe. But it's all over the Bible. And I think that'll be a good way to see all that Christ has given us. So we are being discipled one way or the other. And to our frustration, (laughs) to our frustration, often our flesh likes what the world gives us, doesn't it? Doesn't that just frustrate us? Doesn't oftentimes we're going along good and something pops up and our flesh just grabs onto it. It's just kind of frustrating. But the world is telling us all all the time, "This this is what you need, this is what you need, this is what you need one advertiser said that an average person, get this, sees 3,500 advertisements a day. An average person today will see 3,500 advertisements. And they all basically say one message, you suck. And if you don't buy my product, you won't be rich enough, smart enough, hot enough. So we walk around being told 3,500 times a day that we are deficient and lame. That's his words, not mine. This is someone who's in the business. This is someone that knows something about marketing and advertisement, that you're being told 3,500 times a day in in many different ways, exactly, this is what you need. Joe, this is what you need. This is what you need. Right? This is what they're selling, so to speak. I kind of think, try to Paint pictures in my mind when I'm trying to understand some of these concepts and things and and he's just, he's, They're trying to sell this you're lame and my product will fix that right you you're deficient in this and my product will fix that The salesman takes you into a room and gives you a, a pitch the sales, salesman takes you into the bank room and he tells you what? What you need is money? What you need is material things. If you have enough money and enough material things, everything will be fine. This is what you need. Right? This is what you need. The salesman takes you into the bedroom, and that's all the farther I'll go because we have too many kids here today. The salesman takes you into the retirement room. What you need is a life of relaxation, of collecting seashells along the shore to spend your glory years doing that. Is that what they're selling? Because what they'll say is, man, you've got you to run hard when you're young to make all that money. That way you can relax when you're older. It's very counterintuitive to what the Bible says. The salesman takes you even into the health and beauty room. Takes you into the health and beauty room where you need is, is, is to live longer with less wrinkles and more hair, Right? keeps is the commercial that's everywhere now you got all the movie stars and and sports stars talking about keeping their hair got to keep your hair and then with the devices we have in our pockets the salesman now comes to us we don't even have to go to them anymore social media tells us see what you need what you really need so you're not lame so you're not deficient what you need is significance what you need is more likes and and more people talking about what you've posted or what you've done and see what determines how you answer that question what do I need is where your flesh attaches to all these different things and you run hard after them and what determines the rooms we give our time our talent, and our money to are the rooms we feel we need the most. Oh, yeah, I need that. That's, that's what I'm missing. I really need that. 3,500 times a day, we are told what we need. What do you think you need? Which leads us to my second question. And as a Christian, the most important to me is, What does God think you need? What does God think you need? God is not silent on this issue. He has given us 66 books that tell one grand story of what you need. And brother and sister, what you need is him. What you need is him. See, God takes us into a different kind of a room, not, not a room where he's going to give us a sales pitch and, and I'm going to sell you something and I'm going to say, if you do X, Y, Z, then you're going to get this. He's taken us into a different room. He's taken us into a throne room, a throne room that is very different than the throne any human ruler sits on. Human ruler sits on thrones built out of desire for material possessions, desire for significance, desire for safety, desire for ease. See, the throne inside of the throne room that God wants to take you into, that God says that you need, has a label. And it's called the throne of grace. We see this in Hebrews 416. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What does God say you need, brother and sister? What God says you need is you need grace. In your time of need, you need His grace. And I would argue that grace is needed for each one of us on the same level as Air, as oxygen. So that kind of leads you to to me. I I started thinking of a question, okay, so what is grace? You're saying that God brings us into his room. He's not going to give us a sales pitch. He's going to show us this throne of grace. So what is grace? Well, grace is, is, we've talked about it before, it's like two sides of a coin, where one side of it is the unmerited favor that God gives us, and on the other side of it, it's the power to do what we cannot do on our own. It's both and, it's not either or, it's both and. It's undeserved favor, unmerited favor, and it's the power to do what we cannot do on our own. Now Heath Lambert, one of the teachers in my counseling class, he has a, a definition that's um, it's just really good and I want to continue this throughout the, the time of grace. It, it encapsulates both the unmerited favor and the power to do what we cannot do on our own. And he says it like this, Grace is all the undeserved gifts God gives for our good and his glory. Grace is all the undeserved gifts God gives for our good and his glory. See, to be able to come to the throne of grace, it is an undeserved gift. We have been given unmerited favor. We don't deserve to go there. To be able to come to the seat of power, not just for a town or a state or a country, but to come to the seat of the power for the entire universe is an amazing, amazing, unmerited gift. Undeserved gift. Do you understand this, saints? Do you understand that, that as a child of God, you have free access to the throne? you have free access to the throne to the throne where the ruler sits that rules the entire universe you know i used to watch a, a show with my mom called the west wing and i'm sure some of you have seen that movie and and there was a secretary there mrs lanningham mrs lanningham kind of ran the White House, right? It's like nobody ever got in to see the president without an appointment and beyond that, without her saying so, right? It didn't matter if you had an appointment, if you upset her or if you're acting kind of you know, squirrely, then you, you're not going in. She'll just, She'll just make you wait, make you wait until something else happens and there you sit. But within the show, the president had a daughter. Her name was Zoe. Uh, guess what when Zoe wanted to go see the president there was people put aside people put in different rooms and she got to go see the president at any point in time why is that because of the relationship see Zoe and the president was father and daughter and as you sit there today and if you are in Christ today you are either a son or a daughter of the most living God and you have access, free access, to the throne of grace, to his throne. What a privilege we have. This is the, is the privilege you have been given as a child. You can go and visit with the ruler of the world anytime you want. You can go and be with him anytime you want, anywhere you are. You can spend time with him at the throne of grace. Just as the person who sits behind the desk in the Oval Office has at their disposal incredible power, it does not compare to the power that we have access to when we approach the throne of grace. We have access to that. Spurgeon describes this only in a way that only Spurgeon can. He says this, It is a throne set up on purpose for the dispensation of grace, a throne from which every utterance is an utterance of grace. The scepter that is stretched out from it is a silver scepter of grace. The decrees proclaimed from it are purposes of grace. The gifts that are scattered down its golden steps are gifts of grace. And he that sits upon the throne is grace himself. It is the throne of grace to which we approach freely because of what the one. Who sits on the throne has done for us Jesus Christ. Brother and sister, the, the next question is, is, is to me when I'm thinking and I'm, I'm walking through this is okay, so how in the world do I approach this throne of grace, right? What is the, the, the mechanism that God gives us to approach the throne of grace, to, to be able to enter into that throne room where God is and where Jesus is? Well, that mechanism is, is prayer, brother and sister. It's prayer. It's prayer. And it seems like it, even in, for a long time in my life, one of the you know when you talk to Christians and the thing, okay, what is it that you struggle with the most? Some of the disciplines, reading your Bible, and and um, you know sometimes some peop- people fast for different reasons and. And uh, and they all come back to the one thing that I struggle with the most, and that's prayer. Spending time with the Father, spending time entering into the throne room. I was thinking about this, and and I was just thinking, what if, uh, this is just a what if, what if every Christian would take all the time they spend complaining about the world around them on social media and took that time to take those same issues in prayer to the throne of grace. What would happen to our our country? What would happen to our neighborhoods? What would happen to our families if we spent that time going to the the throne of grace to the person that can actually do something about it? Now, many times we'll go in prayer, and and we're asking for this, that, and the other, and we know that, that it is all God's will, and he will do what is best and what is good for us that's grace also sometimes it's not doesn't line up with what we want but sometimes he's just trying to change us too but how would that change if and I'm not just saying our faith thing what if every Christian on the planet would actually go to the throne of grace and talk to their Heavenly Father about what's going on in their life about the fears that they have about the 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 challenges they have on the the next day that's coming up. See, we have the opportunity and we've been given the freedom to go to that throne. And that is his grace upon us. But we don't, do we? And why is that? Because we need, because we've answered that first question differently. What is it do you think you need? We've filled it with so many other things. Maybe it is because we think we need to be significant in the world's eyes. Or we need to have more money. Or whatever your flesh is crying for. Maybe not. Maybe there's just a a great fear in coming to a throne with such great power. But the writer tells us that we we can come with great confidence to that throne. Confidently, we can go to the throne. Great confidence, expecting a good God to give his children good gifts that will bring him glory. That will bring him glory. Because why? Because we serve a, a great gift giver. And he has given us so much. The rest of the verse tells us in verse 16, it says, We receive mercy and grace in time of need. Power in time of need. Power to believe God's promises. Power for whatever we are facing in the form of His grace. What has God done? He has provided access to the throne of grace. Who are we in light of what God has done? We are what? We've read about it. We are priests are we not we're 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 priests we are we are ones that have been designated because he has saved us to be able to go and step into the throne room and to to be able to to go to the throne of grace who were the people all through the bible that would be in the presence of god it was the priest it was a priestly privilege and we can read in in the new testament that that's exactly who he calls the believers who peter calls the believers as you Come to him a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. Which begs the question, okay, what is our sacrifice? Well, Romans 12, 1 tells us what our sacrifice. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What are you to offer? You're to offer your life to Him. Again, what do you think you need the most? See, the priest could only enter the the Holy of Holies, they could only be in the throne room, they could only be in the tabernacle, they could only be in the tent if they've been purified from their sins. Which leads us to the last question we have asked, what do you think you need? And what does God think we need? And finally we ask, what has God provided? What has He provided? He's not even asking you to do anything. That's that's, that's grace, right? He has provided this. Hebrews 14 tells us, 4.14, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. See, brothers and sisters, we have a, a great high priest who did not offer the sacrifice of a bull or a lamb. He offered himself as a sacrifice, as the perfect lamb who was without sin. He went to the cross as the perfect sacrifice, crucified for your sins and mine, to take the punishment that we deserved that is why we can confidently draw near to the throne of grace we have been cleansed from all of our sins god provided the key to the throne room faith in jesus christ and ephesians 2 8 says this for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is a gift of god it's all of grace it's all of grace it is abundant grace lavished upon us god has provided a high priest and he has provided a high priest with great power that the passage tells you that he passed through the heavens he passed through the heavens he has great power that's the the person you're going to who's sitting on that throne he has tremendous power get this it takes 7.2 million pounds of thrust and a speed of 17,600 miles per hour to escape our earth's atmosphere. When Jesus ascended, he not only escaped the atmosphere, but he went past all that and is seated with God. We have a great high priest that has great power. He passed through the heavens. Ephesians 1, 19 through 20 says this, And what, it, what, is, the, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. The same power that that raised Christ from the dead, that sent him to the heavenly places. Do you believe that that same power that raised Christ is one of the undeserved gifts he has given you? Romans 8, 11 says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The if is after Paul's telling us that it does. That if you're in Christ, the spirit is in you. And you have that same power. See, God has provided a high priest, a high priest with power that he gives us through his spirit. This high priest, he is also rich with sympathy. He's not just a tyrannical ruler sitting on the throne. He is rich with sympathy. Hebrews 4:15 says, "For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin." Jesus, our high priest, is rich with sympathy. When you go to the throne of grace in prayer, this passage tells us that he knows exactly what to give you because he has already experienced it. And sometimes it is not what we think we need. Jesus was fully God and fully human and experienced all of the temptations that the world's advertisers threw at him. Which makes 1 Corinthians ten thirteen true of Jesus, just as it is true of every single one of you sitting here today. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. Do you see that the way of escape is for you to run to the throne room in prayer and ask for the grace to be lavished upon you? It's amazing all the things he has done for us. If we would just step into it. God has provided a powerful high priest who can sympathize with anything that you go through and can provide you the grace you need because he was tempted and is without sin. When we put our faith in him, every blessing that is promised to the perfect obedience belongs to you and me. You know all those those blessings that are in here? If you do this, then I'll do that. And, And they're all categorized as perfect obedience if you are perfectly obedient then I'll give you this well guess what brother and sister because we are in Christ all of those are for us because he obeyed them perfectly and if you are in Christ then every blessing that is promised to perfect obedience belongs to me since I present to God a perfect obedience in the person of my great representative the Lord Jesus Christ grace upon grace lavished upon us undeserved gifts for our good in his glory brother sisters, to resist the advertisements of the world and step into what God says what you need John 1:14 through 16 says this and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as the only son from the father full of grace and truth verse 15 john bore witness about him and cried out this was he of whom i said he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me for from him his fullness we all received grace upon grace brother and sister what do you need what has god said that we need And what has he provided? He has provided us Jesus. And here he is grace. And it says here he's grace upon grace that he has lavished upon us. Will we step into that grace today? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. There's so much here that you have done for us. If we would come to you. Lord, I pray that you will help us answer that question wisely. What do we think we need? I pray that we would spend time in your word so that you can show us what you think we need. And Lord, as we spend that time in your word, we will also see all that you have done for us and provided for us, especially Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today that does not know you, I pray that you have sent your spirit, and you have given them faith to to turn from whatever they might have been trusting in, and trust in you. Repent and turn from their sin and fully trust in you. And for those of us who are, have been walking with you, Lord, that Lord, we know that there's, there's one or two things sometimes that our flesh just reaches out and grabs as an advertisement passes by. Father, I just pray that at that moment in time we would run to the throne of grace and we would cry out to you and ask for your help. And we know that we have power to overcome that temptation because within us is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and took him through the heavens. And that is a promise that you will meet us there. Lord, I pray that we would do so. We ask all this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Mountain City Church. To learn more about our church, visit our website at mountaincty.church. Thanks again, and may the Lord bless your week.